Wickham Wanderers show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers show. I'm not even going to mention how many. Uh, later in the season, I'll, I'll resume counting again. Eleven? No, it's got to be more than eleven, Is it surely. All right, we'll, we'll 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 stop that bit. Then. <laughs> Coming up, we'll hit, we'll hit from manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, after the uh, fantastic injury time winner uh, from Ryan Taffertolly against Crew. Tapper, uh, Tapper. After he'd already scored as well. Yes, I know. Does he does he know he's a defender? <laughs> Apparently not. He appears to be in the correct place at the right time, though. I always think of him also as looking a bit like Ryland from the the. Oh, I'm sure. The, I'm sure he loves me. I'm sure he loves me. Uh, we'll be hearing from him as well as the manager as well. Uh, plus, we'll hear from uh, the chairman and uh, owner Rob Kuig, who was a guest on uh, Wickham Sound on Saturday during our car park coverage. I definitely don't think of him as Ryland from the Simchats. <laughs> Well, that's a relief. Uh, we'll hear from former manager John Gorman as well. Had the uh, pleasure of speaking to him after he had a VIP, I was going to say treatment. That sounds like some sort of pampering. <laughs> He's been to, to the spa. No, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to, to hearing the interview uh, with John Gorman, and it was lovely to see him on Saturday. And also spoke to uh, the current boss as well, uh, this morning as well, uh, and who's, who's been doing some very interesting things at Everton. Oh, OK. Yes, they had a good result at the weekend. Not. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't learning that, about that, I don't well, think. I don't, so I was going to say, with regards to that, and I understand that he's, he's gone along, has he gone along to help Everton? <laughs> was, it, was, was it that way round? No, no, I believe it was uh, for, for Rafa to pass on his, his tips to, to Gareth. Yeah, you see, I think Gareth should be passing on his tips. Yes, especially scoring in the final minutes of... Act, uh, indeed, uh, uh, yes. on time. Yeah, you know. Aren't games long these days? I remember when games were 90 uh, minutes. Uh, yeah. now, now it's close to 100. Yeah, you know, Wickham games have always been quite long, but That's I know true. what you mean. Yes, 90 minutes plus seven. <laughs> is always... If, if we were in the, the Vidi printer days, we'd always be the, the late kick-off, wouldn't we? Yes, because this must Going mean that, that players must have to be extra fit as well, because I, I probably told you before, but I, I once played in a, in a charity game, and the warm-up really took it out of me. So <laughs> to, to go on to, to extra time, or uh, injury time, I should say, you know, to, to play and be at that level for 99 minutes, maybe. I think whenever I do any exercise, um, and particularly if it's, if it's sort of like instructed exercise, and they say, right, OK, let's warm up, normally after the warm-up, I'm done. And when they then say, you know, all oh, right, okay, well now we're going to do the proper bit. It's like, oh, so I, I thought that was it. Exactly, I put too much into really? this oh, at this oh, stage already. Yeah. Can we just can we just get to it and not do the warm up? So I spoke to many fans this week who all say, oh, what a brilliant result, what a brilliant win, great way to win as well, so close to the end. But I think as a, as a manager and probably as a fan as well, you'd much prefer the game to have been wrapped up considerably earlier. Yeah, definitely. Um, as we said uh, about the say the the Gilliam game, where you know, yes, we we were fairly comfortably ahead. Um, I think Gareth would probably much rather that it. Was like that um but fantastic that once again you know we're able to score goals late on uh albeit from defenders sending the 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 uh, valley terrace wild uh, and that's what gareth said wasn't it the whole of last season about the fact that the terrace do suck goals in um and you know it once again it, it came true and really interesting as well that the first half wasn't that great or it wasn't as well as they played in previous games yet they still managed to sort of turn it around and again, that is the sign of a team that hopefully is going to finish in the promotion or at least in the playoff positions. If you can play badly, even at home. And of course, you're going to have some games where you're not going to be quite on it. But actually, if you can come away from those games still with three points, then yeah, we're definitely doing something right at the moment. And I really feel as well that, you know, you, I guess in a way can't take too much notice of the table. But when you have a team like Crew who are right down at the bottom, been struggling, I think they'd only won... Was it two, two or three games? Oh, uh, uh, hang on. Some live research. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Going on. Uh, only one. Only one, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I knew it wasn't many. But 
And you think, well, this should be an easy win for the team who, who are now level on points with the leaders. And that, the trouble is, that's always a dangerous thing to think, mm. isn't it? And again, uh, we must not get into the thinking that this uh, weekend, when, of course, we are away to Fleetwood, who are surprisingly as well, also in the relegation zone, uh, which is taking some getting used to, because I still think of them as being one of the one of the teams with quite a lot of money in League One, so that they might actually get out of it one day, but it's obviously not going that way for them. Um, but no, really, really good that actually we were able to... to turn what could have you know been quite a disappointing point at home against crew uh, into three with Ryan Tafazzoli coming coming up in the seventh minute of injury time not Rylan not Rylan Tafazzoli sorry if he's now got a new nickname <laughs> oh that doesn't catch on no I, I'll feel really bad if I'm responsible we'll be previewing Fleetwood a bit later on as well of course uh, opponents from the uh, playoff final uh, yeah, playoff, the playoff semi-final yes but uh, but now lowly lowly league lowly, one strugglers lowly Fleetwood without our friend Joey Barton so that's come a bit later on, but first, uh, Phil spoke to uh, manager Gareth Ainsworth after the game at Adams Park. Gareth, I think I said it, death taxes, injury time, winners at Adams Park. That's what we come to expect. <laughs> Don't leave early. I keep saying it, you know, I said it after Morecambe and I hope everyone heeded my warning. It looked like we were pretty full at the end there and uh, and they've seen a fantastic, uh, feels like a comeback, but it's uh, it's a winner from Ryan Tafazzoli. But um, there was countless chances in this game today for us and, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to dismiss crew. They had a couple of good chances. David Stockdale made a brilliant save in the first half and, and we almost kept the second one out, but we limited them to very few chances at our goal. How we haven't scored more today... Um, you know, you've got to give credit to the crew defenders, to the crew defence and, and the keeper, and uh, we've hit the post. You know, Brandon's had a couple of one-on-ones, and uh, and I can find where you know when he came on, I thought the net was going to ripple, and I was I was going to be praised for a brilliant substitution, <laughs> but um, it was uh, it was one of those moments at the end there, which I think when we haven't played to our maximum, we have been brilliant here, but we weren't as good as we have been today. Um, but we still get the win. I think that's a real positive signs for, for a team that's uh, wanting to achieve this year. The trip last week to, to Doncaster and Portsmouth, uh, rather, I'm sorry, the, the, the Yorkshire trip, um, I think took its toll on us a little bit leg-wise. We got home at 4 a.m. Some of the boys would get home then at 5, 6 a.m. because they live an hour, an hour and a half away from Wickham, you know, and, uh, and that is bound to take its toll on you. But no excuses, you know, it's my job to see that toll and my job to rotate the squad how I see fit. Um, and uh, and I think that we got away with it not being at our best, but that's the sign of a good team, I think, and, uh, and that's, that's really encouraging. There was a certain calmness. It sounds like a ridiculous word to use yeah. after what we've just seen, but there seemed to be a calmness about the build-up play, especially <clears throat> in stoppage time. Do you know... I was really proud of him, and, and I don't know if you listened in on my post-match there, Phil, because these are the words I used that, you know, I said to them, I'm so proud of him for coming back into it, but what I'm, what I'm really impressed with is the, the composure that the boys had around the edge of the box. It wasn't just get your shot off at all costs because we need to score. It was, let's work this, let's take that extra pass at times. And, you know, uh, Dobbo's worked hard on that in, in training, and, and it's something we've been trying to improve on, and the players that we've brought in, you know, over the last couple of seasons, I think are capable of doing this. And the goal actually itself was a, you know, it was a composed set for a composed cross. It wasn't just a panic, and it wasn't just a, you know, a set play. Or, or but everyone will think, oh, it's, it's typical Wickham set pieces, long throw-ins to get ball forward. Great, keep thinking that because that's your downfall. Because we play some real good stuff in their half uh, today, and uh, and like I say, how, how we haven't added to our tally is uh, is a mystery, and it could have been more comfortable. But you have to credit crew; they defended well, 
they really tried to break the game up second half um, and uh, and luckily we we, uh, we scored in that last dying seconds which uh, which gives us the three points and some finish by Ryan Safazoli as well especially for a <laughs> defender yeah it's Ryan's quality you know he's, he's a he's a very composed laid back and I have, have to have to um, you know, rile him up sometimes because he can be too laid back and casual and composed. But he—that's his game. He's a very steady of himself. He's very assured the way he plays. I think he's been a fantastic player for us since he's come in. And uh, and I think um, having Ryan and Uchi last year fit at the, the first half of the season, I, I think we'd have survived in the championship. Um, that's the the stature of, of him. Um, but I can't. I won't do individuals here. Uh, you know, I, I feel obliged to name the other 18 now because they've all played their part and uh, and Taff will be the first one to say I couldn't do it without my teammates uh, I know that and and he's right he couldn't and I couldn't do it without the players and the fans and the staff that I have so um, credit to them all but um, again we've got to got to keep grounded it's only uh, it's only October but it's nice to be sat where we are in the league the chairman had organised some fireworks to be let off after the final whistle, so it's just as well that winner went in, really. Yeah, Rob's, uh, Rob's put me under a bit of pressure there. I knew about the fireworks, and uh, I didn't want the uh, the fireworks to be the, the Scotty Cashcut return story, which he had one shot with his right foot from distance. I thought the lads would really secure on him, because that could have been a, a story that, that happened so often in football. But, um, listen, I cannot praise the Cougs enough. You know that. I've done it week in, week out. I think they're fantastic what they've done for this football club and um, and I'm hoping to pay them back with uh, with some some achievement this season. What that is, I don't know yet, but uh, at the moment we're sitting at the right end of the table. It seems to be going really well, doesn't it? Especially level on points with the leaders, as mentioned. It really does. Uh, maybe Gareth could get them some fireworks, uh, particularly as we're coming up to the... the oh, yes, the, the time of year, isn't it? Indeed, yes. Um, y- yes, indeed. Level on points with Plymouth. Um, so they have a four um, better goal difference than us. Um, but otherwise, we do have a game in hand over them as well, uh, at the top with 30 points. Uh, third currently, Wigan uh, played 14 on 28. Sunderland played 13 um, on 28. Sunderland now the only team below us um, who have a game in hand on us. Yes, and our game in hand obviously on Tuesday. Yes, indeed, against Ipswich Town. Uh, the club saying that it possibly will be one of the largest attendances on a Tuesday night. Uh, for some considerable time, uh, you can still get tickets for it as well. So if you are planning on going along, make sure that you, you secure your ticket at uh, tickets. Uh, we can wonder at the dot. We can wonder as... Uh, oh, I've done that bit a bit wrong, haven't I? You'll have it, you'll, you know where to go. Absolutely, yeah. You can just yes. put it into the yeah, search yes. engine and it'll come up. WickedWanderers.co.uk. Nice try, though. Well yeah, done, I know, too. I know. Sorry, you see, I'll, at least you didn't say www. Uh, that's the thing when you work and wonders. Exactly, you can do as many doubles yep. as you need. Uh, yes, uh, more on the Ipswich game to come. Uh, but first, uh, let's hear from uh, Ryan, who was speaking to you, Matt after the game. Danger of winning the winning golden boot this season. Um, amazing game, amazing finish, and you must be so proud of those two goals. Oh, yeah, I just said that to Anis in there. Me and uh, Toolsy had a little bet with him at the beginning of the season that we we're going to score more goals with him. So I think that's four for me, two for uh, Anthony. We're on six combined. Anis has got a, he's got a lot of catching up to do now. It's going to be interesting come the end of the season. But yeah, obviously, delighted to score, delighted to score. It could have been anyone at the end. The, the balls, the deliveries that we were putting into the box. It's just lucky that I was in the right place at the right time for the first one and then the one at the end. 
end as well. Obviously, games like that were didn't really come by last season. There wasn't the crowd, there weren't the atmosphere, there weren't yeah. really dramatic finishes. But you've probably heard the stories from days gone by of Wickham, and you're seeing for yourself yeah. now just what team spirit and that kind of culture can generate in the last. Exactly. Season. Yeah, I knew all about the, the team spirit and was aware of the, the culture here from my early days back at Mansfield. You know, we used to have really tough games against against Wickham. And then obviously Wickham got promoted to League One when I was at Peterborough, and them games were even tougher. But to be a part of it, it's just something special. And um, like you said, the fans there, they were the 12th man at the end. And it's times like that that we, if we had them last season, you know, in the championship, we may have got an extra of three to five points um, at home because at home we're, we're, we're a real good side and with them we're, they make us that much that much better. You've had some spells in the championship and not probably stayed in it as long as you'd want to but how driven can you sense that yourself and your teammates are to yeah. get back to that level and, and prove that we can belong there and the US players belong there? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've not been in a change room like it. Everyone wants to get back there. The whole the whole, the whole club um, and everyone's pulling in the same direction. Every single game we're on it. We don't underestimate anyone. Um, we went into today's game saying look we're confident in a minute but we, we don't want to show any complacency and I don't think we did that you know I'm not saying that we played our best today but it's just about three points isn't it and um, hopefully with a week's break now we can refresh come back fully charged next week and try not to Fleetwood and hopefully pick up another three points your name's been on the score sheet a few times people are going to notice Wickham at the top end of the table are you hoping that might maybe attract some international recognition for yourself yeah that would be brilliant obviously with the World Cup next year playing for the national team that would be that's a dream of mine um, I think if we can stay top you know there could be a few lads that obviously could get international call-ups and that's uh, yeah that's that's one of my goals along with um, getting promoted this season so we might see Taffa playing for Iran which would be quite exciting wouldn't it that would be very good uh, you know just, just the, the worldwide wanderers phenomenon continues not only with the fans but also with the players as well yeah, absolutely. You've got different connections with different uh, nations. It, it's quite impressive, isn't it? Um, the website address that I was completely fading to remember uh, before the, the Taffa interview was tickets.wwfc.com. I knew it was something slightly different from the traditional uh, wickhamwanderers.co.uk website. Uh, it's tickets.wwfc.com. Um, and then on uh, Saturday, of course, uh, because Wickham Sound now do broadcast, um, as you so nicely put it, in the car park. Um, <laughs> you know, back in the days... A lot ra- happens out Radio of the car <laughs> the, you know, the Radio 1 roadshow by by the beach or whatever, but actually they were always in car parks. They never said car parks, but Colin actually just, just goes for it and says, yeah, actually we're broadcasting from the Adams Park car park uh, rather than like from the, the, I don't know, the Wickham Wanderers uh, or Wickham Sound Super Gazebo. That's what you should call it. Uh, but anyway, on Saturday, uh, Chairman Rob Kuhig came along to our Super Gazebo uh, and had a chat to Rob Lesperance. That we managed to get rid of Luke for a little bit, which is great, <laughs> great nice, news. isn't it? That's and nice. replace him with Rob Curry. Hello. Hey! <laughs> Very good afternoon. Welcome to Wickham Sound. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you guys for being here. It is a big, big part of our Saturdays now when you guys are here. <laughs> and I well, mean that when you can walk into the uh, into the grounds, you can hear the music. It's a as I told you when I walked in. It's a very distinctive Wickham sound, <laughs> and it's a terrific Wickham sound. Thank you. I'm going to get that on much. a T-shirt. Uh, yeah, it's very that's good. Right. Yeah, it's uh, very you, good. You see, you say that now, but you wait until it's kind of like January and it's minus two out here and frosty. <laughs> oh, I didn't mention that can't. Come Coming like you. Oh. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. No, I was going to say, Wonder of Wickham is great because it's like not every match, but we've, we've got you know a great atmosphere going here. It's just getting better and better and better. What, what's next? Where do we go from here? What well, do we got? 
let me tell you this. We, uh, my friend Mr. Massey and I were talking about doing more stuff for children. Yeah. And all I can say is we have our eye on something that I think will be worthy uh, of the name Wonder of Wickham. Wow. And if you know me, you know when I say something like that, I'm not just kidding. It's going to happen. Can you give us any clues? Any sneaky uh, clues? Uh, think about things that may go around upside down and all of that. So we'll oh, see. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll That's see. A good clue. But the other thing we'll do is we will continue to put a good product on the field. We will work to make sure everybody here has a good time, regardless of the of how. Look, and let me tell you about. Be serious for one moment. My philosophy. Yeah. I can't control. You can't control what happens on the pitch. We can make sure we put the best product out there that we can. What we can control is making sure this environment is fan-friendly, that people have a great time. They can come and get quality food. They can have a couple of beers and enjoy being with their friends. My hope is that by the time we get to the seventh game of the Wonder of Wickham, people will say, that was such a great time. By the way, did we win? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I, I will know we, we have achieved some degree of success. It's definitely the experience, isn't it, that, that, that they're trying to promote. They really are, aren't they? The wonder, the wonder of Wickham. Sorry, the things that go up and down and round and round. Fairground type attractions? <laughs> I think so. Are we going to have a, a new actual... Are they turning Adams Park into a theme park? Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. That would be quite exciting. Because many seasons have been a bit roller coastery. They have, yeah. The Gareth Ainsworth roller coaster. Yes. You know, you go all the way down to like Torquay and then you go all <laughs> the way up to beating Oxford United. Yeah. Clever. That'd be good. So, have you been involved in the planning? Uh, well, no, but I think I possibly should be if they're listening. I, I, I want to be, uh, I want to at least have a credit on the new Gareth Ainsworth roller coaster. And everybody puts on uh, wigs so that they look a bit Sergio like Sergio Torres wigs. Yeah, no, I was more thinking Gareth Ainsworth. Sorry, wigs, yeah, but actually, taking a wrong turn. Probably there. the only only person that, uh, connected to us to have better hair than Gareth <laughs> is probably Sergio Torres. Still to come on this week's Wickham Wanderers show, we'll hear uh, Sergio Torres mentioned. I know that because I did it okay. uh, in a chat with John Gorman, who, as we mentioned, was uh, a VIP at the game on Saturdays. Well, everyone was at the game on Saturday, weren't they? They, they were, yes. <laughs> and we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth about uh, what he's been doing this week and uh, also plans for Fleetwood. Don't right. leave early as well if you were at the game. That's also a good tip. Yeah. Here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on uh, the Wicked Wanderers show, we will be hearing from manager Gareth Ainsworth ahead of uh, this Saturday's uh, trip to Fleetwood. If you are making that long trip as well, I can definitely recommend a chippy in Fleetwood, uh, which was so good that actually I wrote it down so that I would remember which one it is. Uh, it's the Granada Fish Bar. Uh, so, yeah, if you are going to Fleetwood, and, and do go along and say that Bob from Wickham Sound said so, because you never know, they might give me free fish and chips. Uh, anyway, that is, is the weekends to come. The previous weekend, of course, John Gorman was one of uh, the guests at... Adams Park, former Wickham Wanderers manager, um, and of course somebody who was involved previously in the England setup as well. He's been speaking to our very own Colin Besley. Yeah, it was a great day out. I, I took two friends with me. Um, one of them um, just loves football and, and that, and the other one um, was a big Wickham fan. I promised them one game I'd take them up, and you know, with COVID and with things like that, and um, I've never had a chance really keep um, meaning to go. And, and we choose that game and it ended up being obviously very exciting at the end especially. And yeah, it was a wonderful um, 
if anything, it was almost they they loved it more than me because I was getting Matt was going, can you go here? Can you do this? You know, can you go in the boardroom? Can you speak to? You know, could you, you know, it was bit of my time, which was I was just quite happy because Steve Hayes. Um, he he gave me his box, you see, and I just wanted to have something to eat, watch the game. But I did enjoy um, when they said they would take me. They said to me, take me on the pitch at half time, and I went, oh, he's sure. <laughs> and anyway, but when I got there, um, the welcome I got from the fans was was fantastic, and there was um, obviously the, my two friends were over the moon; they couldn't believe, um, you know, how how good the fans were, and it was just um, it, it was lovely, really, and. Um, yeah, it was a bit special. It ended up a really special day. So what were your thoughts on the, the style of play? Because I, I know we, we had um, Alan Parry on the show recently and he, he was saying that, you know, obviously the, the style of play that you had Wickham playing was, was pretty special and it must have been great to see. Yeah, I mean, funny thing is, I think everybody was catching to me, oh, we're normally, everybody said before again, we're playing really good football, just like when you were here. I mean, we've had some great managers better than me, more successful. It's just that we did play a wonderful style and we were unlucky obviously not to get um, promoted that year and um, but um, Gareth sometimes there's been talk that he, he plays quite a direct style but I, I think he's got a lovely mixture if I'm being honest they play good football they, you know and they, they get it up there when they have to and they've got you know they use their strengths and set plays and things like that there's nothing wrong with that and um yeah, I was very pleased with the way we played. Although everybody says that's the worst, the first half in particular was about the worst um, they've played for a while, you know. But they got the goal, which was great, right on half time. And um, then you're looking forward then maybe to get to a couple more. But um, crew, crew to their credit, always had a tradition of playing good football. And um, they got better as the game wore on. And then they, they got their chance. and and it was a great goal, to be honest, a great move, and um, they, they really plugged away at times and, and showed a lot of character, but Wickham have so much desire, and obviously from the manager, I mean, the assistant manager, Dobson, and Matty Bloomfield now is there, which is one of my um, ex-players with, with tremendous character, um, and you could he, he has the same drive in him like Gareth, so it was lovely to see... Um, the way they just kept going right to the 97th minute. So it was a wonderful result. And they're on such a fantastic home run at the moment as well. Eight games in a, in a row in the league where, where they've won. And obviously from, mm. from your time, you set that fantastic record of 21 games unbeaten, which, which was, must have been equally special. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice then to do that. And um, yeah, it was just a pity that things changed. And obviously we lost Nathan Tyson, which people forgot about that in the January thing. Um, was sold, which was a bit of a shame at that time because he was our leading goal scorer. And, um, and then, obviously, Mark Philo got killed in the car crash. And then, tragically for me, and uh, did take my, obviously, toll on me, was um, losing my wife um, a month later, which really was my... Um, from then on, I wasn't the same guy. Obviously, they didn't think so. And um, relieved me off my duties, even although um, they, they think the world of me. And they felt it was the right thing to do. And um, but I've never held it against Wickham. I've always come back. Um, AP Alan Parry is a very close friend. We keep in touch about the games all the time. Yeah. Because he was saying to us that yeah, how basically he kind of essentially kind of uh, gave you a call and said, "Can you can come and help out the club?" And initially, obviously, you took over as, as caretaker manager, and then as, as yeah. Tony Adams' assistant as well. Yeah. Well, what happened was um, I just got relieved of my duties, um, unfortunately, at Tottenham. And 
obviously they were making the change at Wickham and they asked me just to come in as a caretaker and even then I loved my time there if I'm being honest I was uh, if I look back now that was um, we had the team playing really good football right from the start and um I remember we played at Plymouth, that was my last game, and we beat them in, I can't remember what cup it was, to be honest, but it was an extra time, and um, all the boys will want me to stay on and all the rest, and then um, the next day, I think it was a couple of days later, Tony Adams was was made um, the manager, and then Tony, to his credit, wanted me to um, to be with him as assistant, but I've, I did find it difficult, because all the boys were still calling me gaffer, and they were still, you know, and I was doing quite a bit of training, and I just felt... It's better that Tony got on with on his own, to be honest. Anyway, that's what happened. And then I went to Gillingham and um, was doing quite well there. And actually, I had one game as manager because the manager, um, Andy Hessenteller, um, was relieved of his duties. It happens in football. And I was asked to be caretaker and we beat Nottingham Forest, you know. But I'd already promised because AP came on the phone and I was only like on a... I wasn't even on a contract at Gillingham, but um, I was just assistant. And um, anyway, cut a long story short... I was delighted that um, not not against Tony like because he obviously was he was sacked and was to was to um, come back again you know and this time to be the manager properly. And it must have felt fantastic as well because you built such a, a great sort of team spirit and the and the players that you had as well such a great affinity with right. them and the way they played for you. Yeah, we had an exceptional team to be honest. I mean, some of the football, you know, if you just look back at the you know the. Um, the fullbacks, um, Danny Sender, and um, and then you got Roger and Mike Williamson with Rhino still playing. Um, Brownie was I made Brownie and and Rhino my player coaches, my assistants. Jim Barron came as goalkeeper and coach. Um, and then your midfield, you had people that had like Rob Lee. You know, we had Stephen Oakes. We had so many good players. We had up front Tommy Mooney and. We still had Nathan, obviously, and he was like a flying machine. You know what I mean? It was like, um, it was wonderful. It was Kevin Betsy, quite a few of them now. Russell, Russell as well. I forgot about Russell. He played fullback as well in centre half. And Russell Martin was now manager of Swansea. And some of these boys, it really makes me happy. Blooms, Matty Bloomfield now has become a coach, and you know the, the boys were. I think Mike Williamson is coaching up in the North East. Um, it's quite surprising how many of the boys have went on to be, which is nice for me because, you know, I'm hoping that a lot of them, and I know they have, a lot of them um, um, gave me a wee bit of credit for the way I coached and helped them, you know. No, definitely. And we recently saw you making a cameo appearance in, in Sergio Torres's documentary, which which was brilliant to oh, see. Oh, yeah, I forgot, forgot about Sergio as well. <laughs> he was another special um, boy when we got him. It's funny, a supporter reminded me uh, Saturday... Um, it was actually a neighbour of mine who, he, it was his brother, the guy that pulled me Saturdays, I was coming back off the pitch, and he said, me, told me about his brother still asking for me, and he he, he was um, kept on at me about coming back when Tony Adams was manager, and I kept saying, no, he's I can't come back, and I've got Tony Adams, and ended up he was right, and then he, he was the one who actually told me, first of all, about Sergio Torres. Because um, he had watched a lot of the um, Basingstoke games, you know. And no, it's then, lovely that you're able to kind of help him help his yeah. career in that way. Oh, I was. Oh, I mean, obviously, we played them in pre-season, and um, we absolutely battered them. I can't remember if it was eight or seven. We scored loads, and but Sergio still had a wee blinder, and he was playing against 
Rob Lee mainly in midfield, I thought. Because Brownie, Steve Brown, I'd sent him, we'd heard about him from this, from that gentleman, and um, Brownie went out and looked at him and says, yeah, he's, he's really good, but I'm not sure if he can play at our level. But we took him on trial for two weeks, and the, the boy kept saying, what, what's happening? Am I going to get signed? And um, anyway, we, we, obviously we signed up. I thought he was fantastic. I loved his way of playing. He was exciting. And the fans loved him because of his hairstyle as well. And then um, became a real cult hero, didn't he? No, definitely, because we got to speak to him a few weeks ago as well. And he was saying that he was so shocked because they, they weren't selling wigs in the club shop of his, his wigs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's got a great personality, Sergio. And... Um, yeah, he was. He, he, he went on, you know, good good things as well. He we went at Peterborough, and, and I think he ended up in Crawley and playing against Man United in the cup, and that's his claim to fame. <laughs> but no, we had a, we had some some amazing players. To be honest, I probably missed out a couple of um, that were just as good. Um, Are there any particular anyway, sort of games or, or memories that particularly stand out from your time at the club? Yeah, yeah, quite a, a number really. But I suppose the biggest. Time was when um, um, I mean, even when we lost, we, we lost um, that game, which was horrendous loss in the end, eight, eight three or something to Aston Villa. We played like Barcelona in the first half. We were absolutely murdered them, and they were, they were. I think if Nathan Tyson had have stayed on, we would have got more. We would have ended up. It was three one at half time, or even three 0 to us, and they came back. The referee sent off. One of our players gave them the most dodgiest penalty you've ever seen, and they just and then everything went wrong, and they just ended up getting all these goals. But it was still a game that that sticks in my memory because the next game, people were saying, "Oh, you've got to tighten up defensively." Well, we went off to win away from home at Stockport. Or, no, it wasn't Stockport. Um, anyway, we went off and we won four nil away from home. You know, and that was the type of team we were. You know. I always encouraged attacking football. Oh, and there was another great game where I think Russell Martin scored one game when we lost 5-4 at home. Still, these kind of games stick in your mind, but the most important games that really was the disappointment when we beat Notts County 2-0 and I had to tell the boys, um, which was obviously terrible news about Mark Philo um, dying, you know, um, and the whole club, how it affected us. And we tried, if anything, the boys in particular, tried ever so hard in the next three games, I think we drew, you know. And then um, <clears throat> my wife died, and then, of course, I started to lose it a wee bit and everything, and I asked some time off, so that's how the season petered out, to be honest. I never even got a chance to come back, you know, because I asked for a wee bit of time off, and I went to for a tribute to my wife to America. And um, when I came back, the club decided to leave things the way it was until the end of the season, but... They were right in the end because at that time I sort of had lost the plot a wee bit, rightly so, as you can imagine. But um, it was a shame I couldn't fulfil that season because we we got to the semi-finals of the playoffs, didn't we, against Cheltenham? And if we had got to the final, which I know they would have done if I'd have been there, um, we we would have got promoted, you know, like Gareth's done and that. So um, yeah, it's a big that's a big disappointment, really, if I'm being honest. We never really got the chance, even though, as I said to you, Ivor, Beeks and all the board people, I've seen them all the weekend, they're all nice people, really nice people who didn't really want to get rid of me. Steve Hayes was was the owner, part owner at the time, you know, so, but he's a friend and always will be, you know, so um, 
I've got no regrets. Um, not, not, I don't feel any. And um, as I say, Alan Parry has um, been a friend of mine now for a, a number of years, and um, the club will be very close to me, and I'll always go back there. You know. No, definitely. I mean, it must have been such mixed emotions for you, because obviously, as you say, the, the sort of the two tragedies, and uh, but you must be almost feel like sort of unfinished business and what you could have achieved, but also, on the other hand, so proud of, of what you did create and the, and the group of players. Oh, no, and... yeah. I mean, to see people like um, Roger went on to, to a Premier League player, Mike Williamson with Newcastle, Roger with Cardiff Rules, you know what I mean? To think that I've helped him along the way, Russell ended up playing with Russell Martin, and even young Ketchy Anya, if you remember Ketchy, no, definitely. one of the ones who gave him his debut, he was only about 17, and um, he ended up um, playing for Scotland and playing for Derby County and Watford in the Premier League. You know, so it just shows you, all these boys, um, it's a lovely feeling to know that they've done so well, you know. I was going to say, it must be a huge sense of pride for you to have had such a, a key role in there. You know, Sergio was telling us that you, you literally made his dream yeah. come true from coming over from Argentina and, and you know, becoming yeah. a, in a professional, professional football club. Yeah, absolutely. And I was delighted to give him the chance, to be honest. And I had great staff. And um, as I said, uh, still keep in touch with Keith Ryan. I was just, I should have given my call and, to, to meet and see him on Saturday, but I forgot at the last minute it was... So many people up there at the ground that I'd forgotten that I'd knew so well, you know, so it was a lovely occasion. Because I, I was reading in my, my signed copy of your book, which I'm fortunate to have, that it, it's fantastic to kind of reflect on, on all the different jobs. Do you, do you actually, when you, if you sit back and have, do you kind of rank the, the jobs that you had and, and thought that this was my favourite, obviously, with England and Tottenham and Southampton and, and, and all the other positions? But obviously Wickham must be quite, quite high up there as well, I imagine. Oh, well, Wickham would have been the best, I mean, if I'm being honest, if it had been... I mean, manager of Swindon was people... I, I really get annoyed with that one because I was the one... You know, obviously, Glenn's my, one of my best friends ever and um, he left to go to Chelsea and I could have easily just went with him. I mean, I had the contract and everything, so it was no problem about going. Um, but I didn't. I stayed at Swindon. Had a hard, hard time. But, again, Swindon were like Wickham. I had been playing even in the Premier League where... Um, you know, the players that we played against like you, we, 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 I felt very proud to um, be manager of them as well. But because we weren't successful regarding staying up and things, um, you get you, you only get remembered for your failure, you know. But um, my biggest thing, even at Swindon, was the same players that went on from Swindon like Kevin Hurlock and some, Nicky Summerbay and, oh, there's just so many, and John Munker. They all went on to, to greater things to... That's how I like to be remembered, really, to, to be a manager or a coach, an assistant manager that's helped players in their career to, to improve them and make them better players and no disrespect to move on to better things. No, definitely. I'm sure fans will be really keen to hear from you kind of now and to, to know that you're you know, you know, doing well. And I know you've got your art as well, haven't you? Yeah, I'm doing um, painting non-stop all the time now. It's, um, it's my little... Um, I'm obviously retired, but... Um, I love it. I go up to my studio every morning, gives me something to, to look forward to. And, uh, and my partner um, has been great. She's she allows me some time on my own and to cop. And um, and then we like coming back and doing things together. I've still got my family, my daughter, who's my grandson, who I remember coming to Wickham when he was a, a, a tiny tot. And I've got he's twenty now. My granddaughter's um, fifteen, and I've got my son in Thailand with two Thai grandchildren, and he keeps me in touch. He sees more about... He was the one that sent me the article for um, and the little video today about, um, about Wickham. 
<laughs> I didn't even see it. I wouldn't have seen it if you didn't have sent me. Yeah. But um, I've do quite a few different people. But, um, I'm going to do Gareth quite soon. Oh, fantastic. I, I spoke to his wife, and she's seen some of my work, actually, in a, as a shop in Crowthorne. And, um, you know, it, it's amazing how many people just word of mouth who've asked me to do paintings. So I'm, I'm enjoying... I've, I've done quite a few people... Um, from Wickham and from, you know, Tottenham Hotspur mainly as well, up in, um, what is it, Mickey Hazard has me up sometimes to um, one of these auctions to raise money for cancer charity. And um, I do quite a few paintings for that, all different players. And um, I'm always being asked to do something. And I do loads of family portraits and I do landscapes and abstracts, you name it, I'll draw it. No, it sounds a fantastic kind of release for you yeah. as well, a real sort of source so if you of... know anybody that wants any paintings, you can give them my email. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, certainly will. I know from um, yeah. Sergio's documentary as well, he was really pleased to receive the one you gave him. Oh, yeah, I did one for Sergio as well, yeah. Yeah, I did that for Sergio and gave it to him just for the documentary. That was a quickie as well, yeah. I keep forgetting about Sergio. <laughs> um, yeah. And just finally, what's your message to, to Wickham supporters? Obviously, it's a fantastic time uh, to be following the club, and obviously they had the, the championship run last season as well, which must have been great for you to, mm. to have seen that they got to that stage as well. Yeah, well, I, I could see them doing it again, getting back up, and this time they'll be even more stronger. And because it looks like the new owners come in and helping the, the, the previous owners and um, the local people, and which is they, they've done a good job as well. They're sticking by the club, and, um, and now, who knows? Then maybe one day they'll get a stadium and, um, improved and, and they'll get, which would be nice, I said at the weekend there, if they got more fans from the, the bigger clubs, you know, instead of um, always just going to see maybe when, when their team at Tottenham or Arsenal or, you know, QPR, West Ham, whatever, um, there's loads of fans in Wickham that support the Premier League clubs. They'll just come along the road and, and um, support them and get behind the boys and, and get them back into the championship and maybe the ground will get improved and who knows look at Bournemouth look at teams like that and Brentford they've now got a new stadium and everything so I remember playing against Brentford as manager of Wickham you know so why why couldn't a team like Wickham do it if they got the right backing obviously they've got they've got the manager to do it because he's got great experience he's longest serving manager never probably in the football league you know He's done a wonderful job, and and I'm sure he's going to, you know, continue to do so. And Matt Bloomfield, obviously a great advert for the club as well. He was there when you were, yeah, you were in charge as well. Yeah, yeah, he's been there now for about 17 years, I think, or something like that. I came his 10th anniversary, and it was a, I think it was when he was only 30. So I mean, I might be wrong. Yeah, I think he was. Marty's a diamond, and um, there's people at him at the club, like people like they did in the past, like Keith Ryan and Steve Brown and people like that then they can't go wrong. And just finally, what, would you, what do you think is so special about the club? Because obviously people have been there so long, people keep coming back, and, and you speak to former players mm. and managers, and, and they obviously all have really enjoyed their time in an association with the club. It's a hard one, really, because I never thought, I mean, until you get there, that you're going to have that relationship with them. But, um, you know, as I said, I would like to have seen more fans, cause I, but what I liked about them was they did enjoy good football. You know, they, they do like a nice brand of football, and they're very, very supportive, and they're very loyal, you know, the ones that are there all the time. And, um, yeah, I think it's just one of these clubs, like I say, people have been there, stick by them, and um, all the old players always end up coming back, don't they? You know, so um, 
everybody makes you so welcome. The fans make you welcome. The, the board, you know, the the people who are in charge. And so it's nice. It's, it's, it is a family club, but um, there's no reason for a family club not to become a big club. Fantastic to hear from John Gorman and really, really impressive, I thought, to hear the sort of love and affection that he has for Wickham Wanderers, considering that he's worked at so many different clubs. I know, and to hear him talk, as you say, and you can, obviously it was assistant manager with England and at Tottenham and Southampton, and, and he talked a bit about um, Swindon, who studied, because he, he didn't do, I guess, quite as much there, but after Glenn left and he stayed and was, was, the, was the manager. But when you consider his time at Wickham initially after that phone call from Alan Parry just to be a caretaker manager it must have been strange to, to sort of not get the job because um, as he said the players got on so well with him still called him manager he was taking the training when, when Tony, uh, Tony Evans Tony Adams came in to, apologies to Tony Evans he wasn't involved um, <laughs> legally you probably have to say that but also I think um, in his book I was reading that um, he pointed out that Tony Adams was, was favouring a sort of zonal marking uh, system whereas John Gorman had always kind of wanted actual players to be marked which which he felt worked better and I guess they were very different um, sort of styles of football that they both kind of believed in if you like and and you might recall um, when we spoke to Alan Parry the other week he was saying you know what would Tony Adams have known about League 2 football as well whereas you know John Gorman is very experienced in uh, all levels as it appears It always came across as being a bit of a strange appointment and, and one of those appointments that actually we were hiring a manager to maybe generate ticket sales mm. when we appointed somebody like Tony Adams whereas John Gorman you just thought well yeah you know we're, we're appointing a, a through and through football man um, who clearly knows his stuff and you know, very much probably is a Wickham Wanderers legend, but actually, um, if circumstances and things obviously had worked out different, could have been our manager, you know, for, for a long, long time. And he obviously feels as well, it was sort of like 15, yeah. 16 years ago now, but it feels that, you know, he had sort of unfinished business and he sort of said how far they could have gone and could have got promoted even as well if he'd, if he'd have stayed. And, you know, I think obviously at the time with the, the double tragedies that, that he experienced, you know, it was probably right that he did kind of have a bit of a break. Definitely, and, yeah. And obviously he went to Northampton after that. And, but since, you know, being at MK Dons and he's retired now, he was saying, and obviously working on his art. And, and it was great to see him at the game on, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. You know, just, just one of those really genuine, nice football people. Um, and I, I think you're absolutely right. It always felt like destiny that one day he would manage us. And I'm glad that he did manage us because, a, a, you know, a, a wrong was righted uh, when he was appointed our manager. And just a shame that actually he wasn't our manager for, for much longer because I think definitely, you know, he would have been up there along with Martin O'Neill and Gareth Ainsworth as somebody that we, we talked about for, for years and years and years. And so nice that he was kind of happy to come back as well because yeah, you'd, you'd have thought uh, any other person yeah. would have thought, well, you've passed over me for assistant manager with, with Tony Adams. Why would I want to come back? But it was fantastic that he, he was happy to do so. And, and as we were saying, the, the players that he had and the, the sort of style of football that he played as well were, were fantastic that he was able to cultivate that at the club. Yes, you know, really, really pleased that, that he was invited back. Uh, and, you know, just, just lovely to hear. Uh, one, again, one of the those interviews that you could listen to all day. Oh, no, yes, I thoroughly recommend it. If you get the opportunity, <laughs> put the podcast on, listen to it all day. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, good, good suggestion. <laughs> we we want to be top of those podcast charts. <laughs> uh, still to come on the Wicked Wanderer show this week, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth, uh, find out what he's been doing this week in Merseyside, and uh, also, of course, looking ahead to the trip to Fleetwood, where Bob also may well recommend other establishments where you can, you can check out if you are going. It's a long way, isn't it? It is quite a long way, yes. You can go and see the Blackpool Illuminations as well. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. 
Welcome back to the Wicked Wanderers show. Very shortly we will be hearing from manager Gareth Ainsworth ahead of this weekend's trip to Fleetwood. Uh, but we should mention Wickham Wanderers women um, who unfortunately are out of this year's Women's FA Cup. Uh, they went down 2-1 to Hearn Bay uh, last Sunday. Congratulations to Shantae Ennis, though, who got the uh, the goal for the chair girls. And, of course, we've got the, the men's FA Cup next week. Oh, we have indeed. Uh, first of all, I should mention as well, the girls back in action this Sunday. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, on Halloween, uh, 2pm kickoff uh, at uh, the uh, Flackwell Heath campus of Amersham and Chesham College, uh, where they are home to Moneyfields uh, with a 2 o'clock kickoff. Oh. We wish them all the best for that we as do. well. And back to the men's competition, because you were saying that uh, the uh, the tickets are on sale for the Hartnett. Tickets are on sale now for, for the long trip to Hartnett. That's a long way as well. Indeed it? it is, yes. Uh, um, so that is on the Saturday. It's been confirmed as being on Saturday, uh, the 6th of November, uh, 3 o'clock kickoff, of course, uh, at the Victoria Ground, although it not, might now be called something else because of sponsorship reasons. I assume as well they have a full range of fish and chip shops there. I would imagine that the fish and chips in Hartlepool are quite good. I don't know because I haven't been to Hartlepool before. Have you not been to Hartlepool? I am going to Hartlepool. Um, you can report back next week on the the week after. And whether or not uh, they they are as good as uh, Granada Fish and Chip Shop in Fleetwood. Perhaps Granada have got another branch. In the the high street. (laughs) Say that Bob (laughs) sent you. (laughs) I am working for them and the uh, Blackpool Tourist Board uh, today. Yeah, you're doing a lot of uh, undercover stuff. Go on a heritage tram, it's very exciting. <laughs> and to the Pleasure Beach. Anyway, OK, I'll shut up about that. Uh, we, sh- we should be hearing from manager Gareth Ainsworth. Yes, because there's lots to come between now and Hartlepool, including the visit of Ipswich. Uh, as mentioned, we'll be uh, looking ahead to Fleetwood with the manager as well. But yes, I caught up with him a little earlier on today to obviously reflect on the momentum uh, which is uh, really being felt across the town because people have said to me this week, oh, it's great that we can win uh, in, in the way that they did and uh, asking as well if they practice in training. Last minute winners, but we'll find out in a couple of moments. Who said that to you? The window cleaner. (laughs) So I'll ask Gareth in a few moments' time. But yes, first his thoughts on the momentum on such a brilliant run, which culminated in eight home League One victories on Saturday. I'm to crew. Yeah, it really is, you know. And uh, you know, we we never know when we'll beat. We never know when we've drawn. We always will go to the end and 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 finish the game strong. I, I got to credit my. My fitness teams, you know, the lads are fit and they're really pushing at the end there. And uh, and it was great to see, really, really was great to see. So I'm looking forward to, to obviously building on that, on, on the points we've got so far. And, and uh, as you say, the league's taking shape now, you know, and, and there's no hiding now from what it looks like. Um, you know, we are we're at the right end of the table, which is great. And performances have been good and, and the squad is fit. So like I say, you know, the credit it goes to people who... Um, who have kept my boys fit, who have, uh, have given me the best teams to select from. And, uh, and of course, the boys on the pitch, the ones who've played, they've been outstanding, really have. And the fans, you know, having them back, I said last year, would make a big difference. And I really believe it's making a big difference as well, seeing Adams Park, you know, getting getting plenty of people down. We, we want more. We want to try and get more. We want to try and get this this town absolutely buzzing with, uh, with what we could achieve this season. Because... Um, you know, I'm really proud of the boys, and I know the townies too. So if you can get down and 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 let's get the place absolutely full. Do you work on stoppage time winners in training? No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we uh, we're renowned obviously for our our, our attacking prowess. I'm, I'm I was an attacker when I played, and now Richard Dobson's worked a lot on the attacking and how we do it and how we deliver crosses into the box and how we will get on the end of things and different formations, different variations of attacking play and. And I thought we saw most of it in the last 10 minutes against Crew. You know, we really, 
once they scored, it's amazing how goals change games. Once we scored, we sort of sat back a little bit and defended our lead because we knew it would be a tough game. And once they scored, we threw caution to the wind a little bit and went again. And, and that was the way I liked playing. I liked playing like that. And, uh, and for the last 10 minutes, we really, really drove at them and, uh, and showed a lot of the attacking prowess that we're, we've come to improve on over the last few months. And a real credit to the resilience of the players as well. I know you spoke in your post-match uh, comments against Crew, saying that you know that the two games in Yorkshire was was quite tiring for the players, but to sort of last that long as well and to, to hold on was was fantastic. Yeah, um, and I stand by that. You know, the the, the trip up to Yorkshire was a uh, five days of real good prep, real great to bring four points back against two teams that you know could potentially have been uh, very very tough trips. Um, and uh, you know, Doncaster, I thought we blew away really well and. Uh, they didn't have an answer. Um, they're still finding their feet and Rotherham. I think we'll be up and about the, the top end of the league anyway. I think they're very good as well. So it was a tiring trip. So to put that performance in Saturday and to get that last minute winner was was just brilliant. You know, couldn't have, couldn't have worked any better. And uh, boys have been in working hard this week on uh, on what we're going to do against Fleetwood now on Saturday. A busy week, as you say. I know you went out the game, but there was a practice match on on Tuesday, which which must have been great for you know so many of the players to, to get a run out and to try different things. Yeah, brilliant that we had such a competitive development game on Tuesday. Um, but players like Chris Farina, who you know really excites at the moment, and and Ollie Penderby, who we've seen plenty of, and then some of the young boys uh, spattered with Jack Grimmer, um, David Wheeler, Dominic Gabe. You know these older pros playing in these games just give it so much gravitas and uh, and Bournemouth lucky enough brought some some names in their team so it was a real a real battle and a real sort of almost a league game you know it was a, it was a, it was a great one to see I watched the video um and I, and I was pleased to see that but um it's something that we wanted to do here um those players I've mentioned the first team lads that they needed games and then some of these development players want to show me what they can do and uh you know, Anis Mameta as well, you know, he's, he's got plenty of first team minutes playing in that, keeping him up to speed. So they're all going to be used in this season without a shadow of a doubt and some sooner, some some later, I'm sure. But um, they all need to be up to speed to, to justify being in the team and, and, and give yourself the best chance of, of performing well. I mentioned you weren't at the game, but I understand you've been doing something quite interesting this week. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be invited into Everton to watch Rafa Benitez take training at Everton, which was was just phenomenal for me to go up there. And, uh, and I, I can't thank Rafa enough for uh, for the invite that um, you know really opened up to us. Uh, there was there's three, three of us up there, and um, uh, it was a real intimate sort of day with with Rafa Benitez, one of the greatest managers that has managed in England. You know, as Champions League winner and. and you know, La Liga, Serie A, and, and, and you know, he's a, he's, he's a really well-respected guy and uh, and brilliant to get an insight into how they do things at the top level and uh, plenty of learning from me still, you know, I don't, never want to stand still. So uh, through the LMA, we were able to uh, to get these, these privileged little moments and, uh, yeah, we're really, really proud and, and had, a, had a really good down Tuesday with, uh, with Rafa. So what's some of the main things you took away from that day? Uh, yeah, I don't want to obviously divulge too much. Because, uh, <laughs> it is a very privileged position we're in, but um, yeah, let's just say there's, there's definitely some uh, some eye-opening things that, that I took away from that, but also some real good verification of what we do at Wickham is is, is the right stuff as well. So no, he's it, great, and to meet somebody like that and to and to watch him in action, you know, was an absolute pleasure as well as his coaching staff and uh, and the way they do things. So. 
you know, like I said, I don't want to divulge too much because it is a it's a very privileged position and uh, and it was uh, it was just a, a brilliant brilliant way to spend a Tuesday, probably second best to coaching homeboys and and, uh, and getting the best out of them. But um, really good, really good. As you say, it does sound a fantastic opportunity both to help uh, your own development, but also that benefit the club as well. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the, obviously the world's apart, the Premier League and, and, and League One, but in some things we're not worlds apart, which is great. And so it's bridging those little gaps that I can do with the, with the knowledge I have and, and with the staff I've got. And, uh, and back to Wickham, I'm really, really proud of what we are here. Really, really proud. And uh, like I said, a few verifications of what we're doing is, is spot on. And, uh, and I've got a brilliant team behind me. And as you say, back to Fleetwood um, on Saturday, and it seems that you've had a, bit, a few sort of tough away games against some of the, the top teams, but uh, more recently as well, just due to the, the way the fixtures have worked out, I guess, but uh, three of the, the bottom four that you'll have faced. Yeah, um, it is um, strange at the moment, the league table, and Fleetwood are a strange team. They've, they've won some astounding games and then seem to lose games for no apparent reason or play badly in some, so we're, we're going to try and help. You know, make them play badly on Saturday against us, but uh, they're a dangerous animal without a doubt. You know, they got some good players and uh, a good manager in Simon Grayson. So, you know, we we can't be taking anything for granted. We're on league position, look at Crew last week. You know, so we're really pleased where we are, especially with the fixture run we've had away from home. And this is another one of those. And then Hartlepool next week, of course, away from home again. But um, sandwiched in between, there's a huge game against Ipswich. So um, the squad will be used. The, the, the rotations and, the, and the, the whole of the squad will be used in these next three games to see what we can possibly come up with. Uh, I'm hoping it's six points and a, and a second round tie. And I'm sure I've got pretty similar thoughts in most of the people here. So we're going for it, as always. But... Um, so far, so good. And you mentioned getting behind the team. A Tuesday sounds already like a, a fantastic opportunity with, with a bumper crowd expected. Yeah, we're, we're trying to get people into the into the building, and, uh, and like I say, um, Ipswich coming to, uh, to Adams Park. You know, the fixture that ten years ago would have been a, a huge Premier League team coming, and uh, and we would have probably been a League Two team, and, and that would have been a, an absolute sellout or, or an absolute come down and watch the superstars. We're on an even keel now, and we deserve to be on an even keel with them uh, because they've had a, a real dodgy spell, and we've had a real upturn, and 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 so that puts us on the same the same playing pitch, uh, you know, hypothetically and, and literally. So we are we're we're really looking forward to uh, to putting our wits against one of the big spenders in the league, and uh, I said to do it with a packed crowd behind us would be uh, would be absolutely awesome. So my message is get down and get behind these boys because um, these are special times at Wickham. Especially because they're bringing 1,800, which is, is that just Matt Bloomfield's relatives that are coming? <laughs> we'll have to get Matt and make sure he's not, he's not uh, got any Ipswich memorabilia or, 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 uh, or, or kit under his, uh, his Wickham socks. But no, if there's one man you could, uh, you could count on his Wickham loyalty, it's definitely Matt Bloomfield, even though he is, a, he is an Ipswich town fan and we all know that. But um, even Matt that night will be, will be rooting for the chair boys, believe me. He's a he's a top guy and uh, he's fitted into his coaching role absolutely brilliantly and uh, and he can't wait for this game as, as well as uh, as well as many others. So if you can't wait for it, make sure you're down there watching it because we need you. I'm not quite sure if he got the bit that you were saying about Matt Bloomfield. I was a bit concerned as well. <laughs> I, th- I think you might have been banned from Adams Park. <laughs> I thought, why else would so many people from Ipswich be coming to Wickham on a Tuesday night? Particularly because they're not doing very well, are they? <laughs> no. No, Very strange. But, uh, sounds like it'll be a bumper crowd on Tuesday anyway. You're going, aren't you? I am definitely going, yes. Uh, don't, don't leave early as well. 
No, watch out for the roller coasters. Indeed. And if you are going to Fleetwood uh, on, <laughs> on Saturday, uh, then I can definitely recommend Blackpool Pleasure Beach as well. What's the parking like? Um, it, it, it can be quite bad because it is, of course, half term, actually. Oh, yeah. This episode has been brought to you by the <laughs> Lancashire Tourist Board. We're not sponsored by Fleetwood, honestly. Uh, hoping <laughs> for another win, I reckon. Uh, sorry, say that again. I reckon another win. Uh, of course, always. Two wins coming up, six points before we're on air again next Thursday. And you can always listen to us on the podcast as well. Up the week. <laughs>